their understanding would be flooded with light so that they would know what is the hope of their calling and what are the riches of this glorious inheritance that belongs to them. And he prayed that they would get understanding of this glorious power that raised Jesus from the dead, that there would be insight into this power that's available to those who believe. And you see, the arm of the Lord in the Bible speaks of his resurrection power. And his arm is revealed to those who believe the report. How many of you believe that Jesus died? How many of you believe that he was buried and that he rose again? He is alive. He is alive. He is alive. And the Bible says that he quickened you. When you were dead in your trespasses and sins, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. You are one of those children of disobedience. But oh, thank God. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. Even when we were dead in sins, God quickened us together and made us alive together and caused us to be seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so we've been talking about the authority that belongs to us as believers. He transferred authority to the church. Authority is not something that you have to strive for. Authority is something that God gave you. It's something that he transferred to you. He said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. But then he immediately transferred that power and that authority to his church. Now, I want us to look for a text tonight at Romans, the fifth chapter in the 17th verse. Romans chapter 5, and I want to have you pull it up from the Amplified Version. And if you look at Romans chapter 5, you will see that sin came by the disobedience of Adam, but righteousness came by the obedience of Jesus. And God's work in Jesus was much, much greater than Satan's work in Adam. And then he starts saying over and over again in the book of Romans, it's a beautiful book, how that righteousness is going to reign, that he's going to reign through those that are in right standing with him. See, God wants you to reign in life. And in Romans 5, 17, ready, read, go ahead. For because of one man's trespass, lapse and offense, Death reigned through that one. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness. Stop right there. What kind of gift of righteousness? You don't have to work for this gift. This gift of righteousness is freely given. This gift of righteousness puts you in right standing with the creator of the universe. But notice, this gift must be received. Just like on Christmas, when you exchanged gifts in order for a gift to be activated in our lives, it's got to be received. It's got to be opened. I got a question for you. Have you received the free gift tonight? Do you know that you're the righteousness of God? 
Are you walking around with your head down or are you looking up because you know your redemption draweth nigh? Are you walking around all condemned? Are you walking with your shoulders straight back confidently, coming fearlessly before the throne of grace? You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't let the devil tell you anything different. Don't let what you did yesterday stand in your way in your relationship with God today. Maybe you've blown it five times, ten times over the same thing. And you've gone before the Lord and you've asked for forgiveness and you've repented. I got good news for you. God not only forgives, but God also forgets. Don't bring your baggage into the throne room once you've repented. Just because you don't feel forgiven. Just because you can't sense his presence. No, take it by faith and begin to walk in your righteousness and wake up and sin will be put under your feet. And the free gift of righteousness, read. And the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah the anointed one. Man, if you're going to reign, brother, that's the way to reign. I said, if you're going to reign, he's the one to reign through. If you're going to live like a king, you might as well live like a king through the anointed one and his anointing. Hallelujah. The kings of this world are going to pass away. The kingdoms of this world are going to be shaken to the very core. But you and I have an unmovable, unshakable kingdom with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. And so he says here that you and I, we're going to reign as kings in life. God's plan is for me you, us, to reign. To reign over what? To reign over circumstances. To reign over poverty. To reign over disease. To reign over anything and everything that would try to stop us and hinder us. Because the truth is, we have authority. We reign by Jesus Christ. In the next life? No, in this life. I mean in the nasty now and now. Where the nitty gets gritty, God says, You are more than conquerors through me because I love you so much. Mm, mm, mm. Turn over to Psalm 91. Psalms 91. I don't have a long word tonight, but I got a good word. I got a power-packed word. I got a word that if you listen to it and heed to it, it'll put something on the inside of you, and you'll walk out of this place, glory to God, looking, hallelujah, for some devil to beat up on. Psalm 91, verses 1 through 3. He that dwelleth, not he that occasionally droppeth by, but he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High is going to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Literally, dwellers are going to go to a place that is secret. 
And they're going to dwell under the shadow of El Shaddai. Oh, there's a secret place in God where the enemy cannot penetrate you. Oh, there's a place in God where you are inaccessible to demons, devils, and evil spirits. It is the secret place of the Most High. And so as we dwell and as we live in union with Him, and as He lives in us and we live in Him, we are joined to the Lord and we become one spirit And we can boldly declare, as the master is, so are we in this world. And in this place, there's some praise that goes on. In this place, there's some saturation that takes place. Oh, thank God for the secret place. Thank God for his presence. He covers us with his feathers. And under his wings, we will trust and we will take refuge. And in this secret place of the Most High, you and I are changed into other men and other women. Oh, hallelujah. And in this secret place, there's some things that should be said and must be said. In verse 2, he said, I will say. Everyone say, I will say. See, say it from this place in him. Don't say it like a parrot because someone else says it. Say it from a fresh revelation of knowing him for yourself. (laughs) I will say of the Lord. I say, Lord God, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. And it's in you that I will trust. Verse 3. And I will also say that he delivers Mark Thomas. He delivers Paul Rushing. He delivers Andy Chetu. He delivers Luther Jones. He delivers Sister White. He delivers. He delivers. He delivers. See, we serve a God that has delivered, is delivering, and yet still will deliver us. We serve a God of deliverance, a God of freedom. Here's what I'm saying from the secret place. Words from the secret place. Surely, (laughs) surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the follower. In other words, Whatever trap Satan sets up, I'm delivered. I'm delivered. You're delivered. Whatever he bait, whatever bait he puts before us, we are delivered in Christ Jesus. Not only will he deliver you from the snare of the fowler, but also from the noisome pestilence. I'm not sure exactly what noisome pestilence is. But I do know one thing, that no chemical warfare shall befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. No sickness or disease that's not listed in Deuteronomy 28.61 is going to take you out because you're in the secret place of the Most High God. You know what? And in that place, you're so saturated with His presence that when viruses come against you, they die instantly. Verse 4. 
He will cover me with his feathers. And I tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get under his wings. And, and I'm gonna trust in a time of storm, in a time of circumstance. I'm gonna come up and snuggle up underneath his wings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's gonna protect you. And he's gonna protect me. And then notice it says his truth, his word. What is it going to be? It's going to be your shield. And it's going to be your buckler. Verse five. Thou, and here's what I want to get to tonight. You will not be afraid. Psalms 18 says, I will not fear. In this secret place. You are free from fear. When you live in union with him, you don't have to be afraid of anything. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Satan is the master terrorist. But we are not afraid of the terror that he brings. We are not afraid of what comes our way. Because we're living by what the word has to say. Thou shalt not be afraid. For the terror by night. Nor for the arrow that does what? Flies by day. Now, notice with me in verse 13. Let's fast forward. Now, religious people hate this kind of preaching. You know what I'm saying? They, they don't like. They don't like when you get rowdy in church. He, he, he does his best. At blinding people's eyes and minds from the truth that they have authority. He would much rather people live on the religious flow of life where they believe that, you know, whatever will be, will be. We are just puppets and we don't have anything to say or do about how life goes. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Yes, pastor, but God is sovereign. Yes, God is sovereign. And in his sovereignty, he chose to give us his word and give you and me authority to do something about the attacks of the enemy. Here's what I want you to see. Verse 13. Thou shalt tread. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. That's snakes. And the lion, the young lion and the dragon, what shall you do with them? You shall trample them underfoot. You can't walk on top of sickness and disease. You cannot walk on top of demonic powers unless you were authorized to do so. But you've been authorized. You and I have authority. See, the fact of the matter is this, and let's look at verse 14. 
Because we set our love upon him, he delivers us. He sets us on high because we have known his name. Let's work with this, this revelation of walking and treading upon the lion and the adder. God gave you dominion. As a matter of fact, the first thing that he gave to mankind was, in fact, dominion. And I want to prove that from the word. Because that's a statement that, you know, you can just kind of make. But let's back it up with the word. Look at Genesis chapter 1. And let's notice in verse 26. Genesis, the first chapter, the 26th verse. The first thing. You're designed for dominion. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And notice, let them have what? Let them have dominion. We are to dominate, not be dominated. Dominion over the fish. Dominion over the fowl. Over the cattle. Over the earth. And over all creeps. I've been created for dominion. You've been created for dominion. Now look at Luke chapter 10 verse 19. He said, thou shalt tread... Upon the lion and the adder. In other words, the ability to walk on top of circumstances because he has placed them under your feet has been given because of the authority of the believer. Now, in Luke 10, 19, this this scripture couples with it very well. He said, behold, I give you and literally authority and power to trample. Over serpents and scorpions. And physical and mental strength and ability. Now notice this. Over all the power that the enemy possesses. And no thing shall in any way harm you. That's Brenda's confession in my confession when we go to the Middle East. That is our confession when we get on the jet. Nothing can hurt us. He's given his angels charge over us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. We were doing a, a crusade outside of Dumaguete City in the Philippines in the 80s. And we were in a, a little town, I guess they would call it a village in the Philippines, called Bias City. B-A-I-S. And we had wonderful meetings. We had pastors meetings during the day. And we brought a lot of Brother Hagen's books over there. And, I mean, it was like giving candy to a kid. And uh, I think we had children's ministry during the day. Mike and Sue Bryan were there. And I'm telling you, there was such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in those day meetings with those kids. I mean, they were literally just falling under the power like a wave. It was awesome. Little kids speaking in tongues and magnifying God. Such a hunger. And at night, we just presented a simple gospel message. A lot of people came to this open-air meeting, and we just preached Jesus Christ, the Savior, Jesus Christ, the Healer, Jesus Christ, the Baptizer, and the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ, the soon-coming King of kings and Lord of lords, and just preached with everything that we had. God showed up. and Lives were changed. People were healed. 
and saved and filled with the Spirit. Now, in those days, and probably still in the days now in the Philippines, there are certain people that are militant out of a persuasion that is not from the military in the Philippines, but they're more militant in regards to communism, guerrillas, and, and some of them are even of different religions that we will not talk about. Well, they showed up at our meeting one night with machine guns. And he had a machine gun. And he's standing back there. And you know what? We didn't tuck tail. We just kept preaching the word. I said, we just keep preaching the word. Because the words for communists as well. And the words for Muslims as well. I don't know what he was doing there with the machine gun, but normally you don't bring a machine gun to church. But the good news is there was no fear whatsoever. And I'm telling you, we live in a society today where there's all sorts of traps that the enemy would like to set for you. He'd like to get you upset on the freeway. And yell at someone or give them a dirty look. And heaven forbid, give them something else. Don't take his bait. Live in peace in this world in which you live. Live in the secret place of the Most High. And nothing will shake you up. And you'll be able to avoid the tricks and traps of the enemy. Listen, God wants us to walk on these things. He wants us to overcome the obstacles that the devil puts in our way. I like this scripture, what it says, where it says, nothing, everyone say nothing, shall in any way, no way is going to harm me. In the Greek, that's a double negative. It means more than just nothing. It means none, nothing at all, no way at any time can hurt you. And you know what? I'd rather believe that. I'd rather believe this word than be looking over my shoulder. I will tread. Some of you are going to have to learn to rise up. And have this attitude. Look at devil. If it's a fight you're looking for, it's a fight you've got. And then remind him, but Mr. Devil, your weapons are carnal. But not mine. My weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of your strongholds. Come on, somebody. Don't. Run from the battle. David didn't run from Goliath, did he? David went before Saul and said, what will happen to the man that takes this big turkey down? And then Saul began to recite to him the different things that were going to happen as a result of killing Goliath. 
And David said, you know what? One day I did a lion in and I did a pear in, bear in. And this, now notice, he called him exactly what he was. He said, this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be just like them. David was saying, I've got a covenant with a covenant-keeping God. He may be seven foot tall, but my God made the universe. He's bigger than the biggest. Mm. And Saul tried to put his armor on him, didn't he? You know, you better not go out in the battlefield against the enemy with someone else's armor on. Or with someone else's revelation. Or you just read a book and got a formula and this is how you do it. No, it's got to be revelation in your own spirit. I said it's got to be revelation in your own spirit. David said, Saul, I haven't proved these. What did David do? He picked up five smooth stones. And that were his weapons. And what David did is he ran toward the Philistine. And David prevailed over the Philistine because he was not afraid. Now, I'm going to say some of you, seriously, you need to rise up and you need to face the enemy. You need to face him with five smooth stones. One of those stones is the name of Jesus. Another one of those stones is the blood of Jesus. Another one of them is the word of God. Another one of them is praise. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I'm closing this tonight. Listen to this. The master told my spiritual father this in a vision. And I want to go over this very quickly with you. Jesus spoke to him and said, not one single time in the New Testament is the church ever told to pray that God the Father or Jesus would do anything against the devil. Jesus told him, he says, in fact, to do so is to waste your time. Jesus said, the believer is told to do something about the devil. And the reason is, is because you and I have been given authority to do it. Church, listen. The church is not to pray to God the Father about the devil. The church is to exercise authority that belongs to it. The New Testament tells believers themselves to do something about the enemy. Did you wear your shouting clothes tonight? Listen to this. The least member of the body of Christ has just as much power over the devil as anyone else. And he says, and unless believers do something about the devil, nothing will be done in a lot of areas. Who do you think's behind this recession? Who do you think's behind all the stuff that goes on in government? It's the devil. The church needs to rise up. And then Brother Hagin said, well, Lord, you know, you'll have to give me some scriptures to substantiate that truth. He was a stickler for the word. That's what I liked about Dad Hagin. 
He was a stickler for the word, but he was also a man of the spirit. And the Lord says, he says, you'll have to give me three. And the Lord says, I'll go you one better. I'll give you four. And the first one I already quoted. And it's Matthew 28. All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. And then he transferred that authority to the church. And then the second one is Mark 16. Let's look at that real quickly. Remember, Jesus said that believers in his name shall do what, the devils? Did he say they'll pet them? They'll bed up and buddy down with them? No. Jesus said, in my name, <laughs> believers, what shall they do? They shall cast out devils. That's the same way of saying believers shall exercise authority. Because that authority has been delegated to you and to me. Amen? God's delivered us. And so anything that comes over on your territory that is not of God, you've got the right to put it on the run. I mean anything. Whether it be a child, whether it be nightmares. Many have been the time I've woke up at night. And the enemy tried to bring some stuff to my soul, bring some stuff to my mind. Anybody ever been there? Just try to torment and hassle. But you know what? Your spirit, man, never sleeps. And many have been the time where my spirit, man, just rose up. And I rose up in bed and I say, in the name. The name of Jesus. We're not going to put up with it. Now look at James 4, 7. James 4, 7. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God's good. James 4, 7. Look at here. Submit yourself, therefore, to who? Okay. So, in other words, we can't be living with one foot in God and one foot in the world and, you know, kind of straddling the fence. That's not submission to God. But if you'll sell out to God and submit to him, then you'll be able to do what? Resist the devil. And what will he do? That word flee there means run from as in tear. Then let's look at the next one, 1 Peter 5, 8. Two more to go. 1 Peter 5, 8. 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, resist him steadfast with your faith. It says that the devil walks about as a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. That's right. Say that again, sister. He, what? He, he has no teeth. The devil has no what? Why? Jesus pulled him out. Good revelation. Didn't say he is. He says as. As a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. Your attitude should be, you may not devour me. You may not devour my marriage. You may not devour my body, my loved one. You may not devour this church. Well, we know that he's walking about, but here's what we do. Verse 9, read it with me. Verse 9. Oh, hallelujah. Whom resist, 
steadfastly with what? In the faith. One translation says, resist him steadfastly with your faith. And you have faith. And then in closing, let's look at Ephesians 4.27. I just dropped by tonight to remind you that you can walk on demonic forces. And that God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. And that you don't have to be afraid of the terrorists. You don't have to be in any way, fashion, or form terrified by your adversaries. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4.27. Here's a word to the wise right here. Don't give the stupid moron any place. Don't give that defeated foe an inch. Don't give him an inch. Don't listen to his lies. Don't speak his lies. Neither give place to the devil. Watch what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Amen? Keep the door shut on him. Stay in the secret place and your life will be filled with the grace of God. Let's all stand up. Amen. Amen. Let's raise our hands and thank him for his word tonight. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord tonight. We thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Declare it real strong with me. Greater is he that lives in me than he that's in the world. Spirit of fear, I break your power right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I put a stop on the attack of the enemy against my life, against my ministry, against my family, against my very soul. I proclaim with boldness tonight, no trespassing. I belong to God. My body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And so I serve you notice, devil. You must flee now in the name of Jesus. Thank God I've been delivered from the authority of darkness. And I'm in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is within me. I'm not afraid because he's with me. If God be for me, who can be against me? He strengthens me. He upholds me tonight with his righteous right hand. And yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. For God is for me. God is with me. God lives in me. Thank you, Lord, that your goodness 
and your mercy are encircling me. Lord, I magnify you tonight. Thank you for crowning me with your glory. Let your presence permeate my very being. Go ahead and pray in the Spirit for about two, three minutes right now. Oh, stir yourselves. Amakele, brapase, maviela, bokojle, tenga.